Hello, welcome back to the Hypno Diversions podcast. Hope everyone has been well since our last little get together. My name is J. Robert Parker, joined today once again by Jess and Molly. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to like, subscribe, and all of those good things social media, standard plugs. You all know the routine by now. Don't want to bore you with all of that. How's everyone been doing? I never know what to do when you do that. I know. I, I just like putting people <laughs> on a spot and seeing seeing how they react. I think it's just a, a, a personal flaw of mine. Well, it's fine. <laughs> I think that Jess and I reliably react the same, which is... I know. It, it, it's, it's, we it's both ignore because, you. And like, it's become a routine. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be a podcast without those that 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 two count of awkward silence when I put everyone on the spot. I feel like it's become a trademark at this point, so I just have to keep doing it. Great, so I'll just keep reacting. Exactly. In the headlights, if I don't move, he can't see me. (laughs) The camera won't crack. It's fine. But how are you really, Molly? Very pregnant. Yeah. For those of you that don't know. we are going to have another little Molly soon. So it's not baby. Well, anyway. <laughs> Molly is a with child, so Yeah. But I am not, if anyone would want to. Yeah, it's not me and J Rob's child. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean I myself am not pregnant, but you know I'm all done with having babies. Yeah. I'm adjusting I... to my first fall of not homeschooling. Oh, well, that's yeah. That's so I'm retired from homeschooling. Now. <laughs> retired from homeschooling. Yeah, yeah, it's an adjustment. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. I uh, and that kind of that's a it's a good transition, kind of to to what we were wanting to talk about today, and we chatted about this before we started recording, but we're gonna talk about no, sustainability, and. This all came from the other day, Molly and I were, were chatting and I've been interested in at least partially converting my property over to renewable energy, put myself off of the power grid because I live in the middle of nowhere, then we've we've got an awful power grid, but it got me thinking about sustainability and in other ways, because it's not just about environmental practice and things like that it's Mm -hmm. it's personal practice as well and i we we really have to make sure that our habits our life the way we are going about things is is sustainable that it's not going to to drain us just like with the the renewable energy so and and i got this idea from talking to one of my clients which you know who you are if you're listening you calm down <laughs> but he's very much in this, this 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 rising grind crowd and that mentality that practice for most people not everyone is just unsustainable and i remember asking them because they they had this 10-year plan this, this grand plan I asked them, is that sustainable? Can you keep this up for 10 years? Can you keep up this pace that is required of you? And they had never thought about that. 
and they they had this dawning realization of no and yeah that's that's what i kind of encourage everyone to look at is your life are your practices personally professionally and spiritually in every way is your life sustainable mm -hmm. and so i just kind of want to to throw that over to you guys and, and get your your take on that yeah, I mean, I do think that it's important to recognize that there's a difference between the rise and grind and the shift, right? Like when you shift into a new lifestyle that's more sustainable, the beginning chunk of it is going to be more work than it's going to be in the long run, right? Like you have to set it up and like there are going to be seasons and periods of your life that are going to have like more, right? but you have to find balance. Like you can't, like, especially if you're neurodivergent too, but I think neurotypical people just as well don't always even think about this, like the bigger picture versus like the right now, that panic, that desperation mode. And like, if you're in that desperation mode, which honestly I feel is very akin to the rise and grind mode. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to fuel the rise and grind is desperation. And like, like that's what's guiding the motivation. It's away from energy. And you need to mm -hmm. balance that away from and towards energy. Actually, like you want more towards, I feel like just remember that um, with Joe Tab, it's like yeah. you want 80% towards something. Right. And then you need to be motivated by that 20% away from, right? Like you want right. to get away from a certain type of life, right? But it's because you know what you're going towards or else you're mm -hmm. just like, fear and stagnant Absolutely. right and you can't manifest like what you really want without that clear vision that you're going toward right yes you just can't you have to you have to have a vision of what it is you're going toward so inadvertent clear. plug the uh the man they mentioned uh is an instructor at the school we all went to and has his own practice uh and i feel like it it merits giving him a shout out but it's this man named Joe Tabanella, who uh, is a neuro-linguistic programming genius. An absolute madman. But I call him the Mad Hatter. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> Wonderful like guy. So if anyone listening, ever. go check him out. Uh, so free plug for if Joe. He, heard awesome. that, he would probably get, like, emotional. He's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he he'd probably shed it's a tear for, for talking about him. He, Most uh, genuine human ever. He yeah. really was one of those people that was very inspirational to me in school. Mm -hmm. Just, just because he was he was so unconventional, so so mm -hmm. different than a lot of people that I had met, and it made me realize a lot of things that about myself, like that I don't have to be conventional. That that's part of that sustainability. Right. Is the maintaining of yourself. Are can your can your capital S self be maintained? And for an example, so I'm, I'm the type of person that doesn't do well around a lot of people. And I used to be in a job that involved me having to deal intimately with a lot of people. And that was unsustainable. And I didn't even think about it in that time. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, mom, it's the day to day. The, the, the people are, are stuck in that desperation mode. 
and well, and it's societal it norms too, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, mm -hmm. that's a good part of it. But realizing that 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 practice was unsustainable for me, that I could not continue to to interact, to give of myself, to be around that many people. But I thought that that's what I just had to do because that's, that was my job. That's how I made money. That was, that was the, the normal of my life. And it's acknowledging, actually having the, the wisdom, having the patience and the sympathy for yourself to look at your life and actually ask yourself the question is is what i'm doing sustainable can i keep is it up working is it is working, this working for me right like right. if you're looking at if you're looking at the world externally like my family is very type a like especially my dad and my sister my mom even i mean i probably mentioned this right like there wasn't a doily out of place okay mm -hmm. but and they're like very like time oriented and I literally just can't do it. So like my biggest thing, like J Rob said, people, like I can people, I'm fine with people, but my thing is time. Like I can't, I can't get to work on time to save my life. So I need to, and this was a huge shift, but I'm still, you know, navigating, right? Mm -hmm. How do you set up a life that doesn't work with a linear timeline? Right. And we were kind of talking about that before and we stopped ourselves. Mm -hmm too good to like get out <laughs> before we recorded but it's that it's figuring out how to live your life in a way that's more cyclical i said the mm -hmm. word um my mom <laughs> doesn't want to say it but yeah so it's figuring out how and and i call it that deep presence right like okay i know what i can like what my threshold is for certain things and i need to figure out ways to keep it within that threshold whether that means purging stuff emotions, whatever, or just like, you need to have X amount of time to be home mm -hmm. instead of go, go, go. Like, I know that that's something that my partner has to work on is he, when he's home, he's always like, well, let's go to the store and he'll pick like, he'll be like Walmart and we live in nowhere, the middle of nowhere. Okay. Not only do I hate Walmart, <laughs> but it's like the closest, it's like, 40 minutes mm -hmm. like I don't I and then we have to like be there with all the lights and stuff like mm. you know, huge chunks of our day get eaten up and like that's just not sustainable right mm -hmm. so it's like all these things like what are these actions that I'm doing and how how can I look at this flip it on its head and like really take what's like the essence that's important and make sure that it fits inside my battery pack right so I don't have to like you, it's like, you don't want it to die in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's an excellent I mean, metaphor. Really the battery pack. Like, that's my, that that's, battery I, pack metaphor. I, I really feel that. And, and it's, it's a good thing to examine because like a battery, how many things can you attach to a battery for how long before? Right. Knowing what, juiced? knowing what recharges your battery mm -hmm. and what drains mm -hmm. your battery, but and knowing what, how much. Right. And you're not going to make your battery bigger just because you push yourself harder. No. It's not going to happen. You're just going to feel the same like size. Yeah. <laughs> but what came to my mind with what Molly just said is how vital it is to identify those things, those things that fuel you, those things that drain you, and 
what you, what's most important to you in life. If you can really take, give yourself the time to look at those things and prioritize those things so we're not filling up our days with all of these actions and to-dos that aren't really serving our personal like agenda in life like what are supporting our values supporting our quality of life and that is so different for each person mm -hmm. and in our society we like think it's like one mold for success one mold for success as students one way of success in business one way of success as a parent marriage all these things and any other relationship friendship you know there seems to be um, you know, just a few standards that we see everywhere. And it really is so individual. Yes, and 100%. like, I give everyone permission to do it your own way, figure out what way it is. If you're like needing permission, here it is, we give you permission <laughs> to start Absolutely. discovering what way works for you, what time management works for you, what you know, what activities can you eliminate from your life? What right. does your, what supports you in your work environment? And, and to start making simple requests for boundaries around that. Like mm -hmm. I hear so often people who work in offices cannot get work done with the people coming and going in and out of their office or popping in to ask a question and stuff. And it, it's so normalized, mm -hmm. but we can also normalize a simple request or sign on our door that says, you know, for this, hour or this many hours till lunchtime, you know, please email me if you have a question <laughs> or do not, do not you know. disturb. Right. Right. Well, a simple even, sign. Could this be an email? <laughs> right. <laughs> even in my like relationship with my partner, right? One of the things that I've actually, especially being pregnant, sort of to normalize because my battery is smaller. Also mm -hmm. recognizing things that make your battery smaller because they're more likely to shrink it than expand it. Right? You're like, using so much of your energy growing a human being right now. Yep. So one of the things that I've actually started normalizing that took a minute for him to like adjust is me saying like, like when things are emotional and how they're mm -hmm. being dealt with, I do not have the space in my like battery function mm -hmm. to do this and manage the house. So mm -hmm. do we, are we, we going to deal with this this way? <laughs> and let the house fall apart or because it's true like you're draining your battery right. and you have to look at all the factors and like dealing with things that are heavy emotion that's gonna mm -hmm. like honestly that zaps it more than like physical stuff a lot of the time yeah and like where can you find something that makes your life more efficient that's mm -hmm. been a huge thing and i know this is a financial thing a lot of the times but it's not always right like one of the things that i did recently actually because Jess has one, is <laughs> I bought myself a portable dishwasher. Oh, yay. Day, and I'm very excited. The joys of the modern world. <laughs> but I understand, like, that's a, like, a big ticket item, and not everybody has that. So, you know, what else, like, is, like, how else can you minimize, like, the amount of dishes you're using, right? Like, mm -hmm. before that, when I first, especially when I, like, was early pregnancy, we were like, you know what, like, we like to be eco-friendly, but like, I'm sorry, we're buying paper plates. You know, like, yeah. like, it's about sometimes it's a, like, you have to realize, like, 
And I think this is something that, not to call you out, Jess, but that I've heard you struggle with is that, um, like, I want to be really eco-friendly. Right. Like, it's not sustainable for me to maintain these practices. Right. Being sustainable for the planet isn't sustainable for my energy and my output Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, it is. It, it's such an internal struggle. And I know I can't be the only one who has that. No, right. I, I absolutely right? do. I, whenever I buy something that I don't know, for example, has an excessive amount of packaging, like, it, oh, yeah, it irks me. And mm-hmm. part of that irksome thought is at myself sometimes. And I've got to check mm-hmm. that. But at why are you contributing to to yeah. the to the landfill of this? And uh, I'm sure, and this is this is a different type of sustainability, but it's very much worth talking about sustainability. sustainability in general. We didn't specify how we were going to mm-hmm. talk about that, <laughs> but it the one time. one type really is kind of in relation to another because it is. It's all connected. Yeah, part of what a lot of people are trying to do nowadays is create environmentally sustainable practices personally but having that also fit into your personal sustainable practice like and it it has to be emphasized for those of you out there that are struggling with with creating like like ecologically sustainable practices just remember that the worst violators of this are big corporations so ultimately the things that we do to to create less of an impact on the world to create a more sustainable practice personally logically is that going to make a huge dent no it's not it's, if, if everyone together kind of did sustainable practice we still have exxon mobile however what this is about what sustainable practice is about isn't like truly making that tangible impact though i i oftentimes stress that even a small step is worthwhile Mm -hmm. it's about your own personal i don't know what the word for that would be i have your relationship to the environment it's about building relationships that Mm -hmm. was exactly what i was going to say is you have a relationship with this and in Mm -hmm. order to make that relationship sustainable right if you tax yourself now trying to Mm -hmm. do every little thing perfect down the road, you're going. It's going to come back into balance somehow, and it's going to radically shift, right? right. So you take those. It's it's a process, not a destination. You take those little steps to continue growing your sustainability, right? Like yeah. and shifting, you're going to get there a lot more sustainably, mm. <laughs> consistently, and you're going to be able to maintain that. Rather than like being like, oh my God, I just watched this documentary and now I need to like change everything in my life. Right. (laughs) That just made me think of this mindfulness practice that I've been using lately. Um, Just checking in with yourself and your body Mm -hmm. when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you notice you're a little stressed or anything and just being like, what? It, what do I need in this moment? What's yeah. one little thing I can do to support myself? And so I was thinking just now that how can we use that same mindfulness practice with um, being ecologically sustainable? What's one small thing that I can do right now 
easily? What's one easy, simple, with what I have right now, where I am right now, what is one little thing I can do? One little shift, one little change, or one little action in this moment. Mm -hmm. And having that kind of reframe of it, I think is a lot less pressure and it's a lot more empowering. It's just like, oh, well, I can just do one little thing right now. And then if you build that practice of checking in with yourself throughout the day or even just daily, you know, or, or a couple of times a week, maybe where you start, but it becomes more and more natural. And then it's a flow of doing those things that support you, support your community, support the planet, support your values. Exactly. It's just those little check-ins. How you grow also though, that has me thinking instantly, like you have to grow sustainably, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can't just like be like, I want to be this person. And like, you may be able to hyper-focus on it, but then you're like, like I had this planner that I probably, I'm sorry if I repeat myself, I don't even know anymore. But I don't know what I've talked to you guys about separately and what I've talked to you guys about on the podcast, so I'm sorry. But I had this planner and I was trying so hard to like be like a planner person, okay? And it was like one of those happy planners that has all the fun stickers and all this stuff. (laughs) And like for a few months, I was so good with it. On top of it, I was, it was my thing. And then I lost track of it. And do you know, it took me like two years to figure out that it was a hyper focus. Uh-huh. What's wrong with me? Why did I like stop doing that? Like I was really into it. Oh, because it was a hyper focus on a specific type of planner, not a sustainable mm-hmm. thing. And like, I actually, to like bring that hyper focus into it, I've been writing a blog post on hyper focus. Mm-hmm. And it's really been like getting some gears turning, right? Like, okay, a lot of times I feel like we hyper focus to cope with the outside everything, right? We get sucked into something and we don't have the like desire to get out of it because the rest of everything has such little dopamine in it for us that like we need to balance it out somehow. And our brains, like, especially, I feel like neurodivergent brains, they will push you into balance against your will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, the, whether it's rest or like dopamine with hyper-focus and hyper-fixation, like it, wants to bring your body into like this state of balance. And so if you're not creating that sustainably, it's going to be harder for you to pull yourself away from those hyper focuses to do the other things like the dishes and the laundry that although it's not like your favorite, like it makes you feel good to have done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not easy because you're hyper focusing on other things and your life is so busy and blah, blah, blah and unsustainable. Right. But like, I found connecting with like the relationships of my house and my life and thinking them, of them all as relationships, building that deep presence, doing yes. it for that reason, the reason of I'm deeply connected and I, this is mm-hmm. because I'm deeply connected, not out of obligation. Mm-hmm. Like that's sustainable, at least for me, you know? Exactly. Right. You mentioned the two dreaded things, dishes in the laundry and I can't sit here and tell you that I'm good at either of those things. That's still something that I, I really work on, but it's, it is all in creating. It's, it's that reframe of Mm -hmm. how am I viewing this task? Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. you view, let's say the laundry as this, this arduous chore, 
That's mm-hmm. not sustainable. There's right. going to come a day in a couple of weeks or a month or tomorrow or a couple of years that you just freak out that you can't take this this you burden. The, yeah, you crack. You, you look at the laundry basket and you just it's it, the laundry basket, <laughs> the laundry yeah. mountain, yeah, the laundry the mountain laundry or floor, whatever, whatever your laundry storage <laughs> facility is, be it basket or home. Yeah, but the home partner, is a laundry basket. You see, <laughs> more laundry baskets. So, like, we have like an unnecessary amount, un ridiculous amount of laundry baskets because that's his solution. It's like, well, we need more laundry baskets. We just need more storage. Like, I don't think well, that's I mean, it is a solution that could yeah. work for someone. Mm-hmm. If and... the problem was we didn't have enough laundry baskets, it would be great. <laughs> the problem well... is, is he's a giant. So like one outfit is like a whole load of laundry. The whole basket. <laughs> and then there's yeah. the rest of us. And our yeah, I didn't even think about that. So we have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of his so, shirts is probably as much as a couple of your outfits, so yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be to the point very soon where all I fit in are his clothes. So Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> that it is, is convenient. I told him I'm going to get a few new pairs of like sweatpants for him because I'm going to wear them at the end of my pregnancy. And then um, we won't have to just get rid of them because like, I'm, you know, I'm small naturally. Like, I'm not going to fit in the next size up, I feel like I've maxed out on sizes that I can like sustainably use after pregnancy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there you That's go. The efficiency, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. And it's stacking functions as they mm-hmm. say in permaculture. You, you to circle back to the laundry into the, the, the dishes, because I'm sure a lot of the people listening right now, that's some people big, are like, do we have to? Do we I know. have to circle and that's, back and that's the thing. Dishes. Like people hate that. I'm sure everyone listening right now is like, oh god, he's going to talk about it more. I'm like, <laughs> but hold on. Pause even it. I am. <laughs> take, it, take it with you to the sink, or to wherever you wash your laundry. Bring it with you, and then you mm-hmm. can semi use escapism and disassociate. Wow, listening to this yeah. while you're doing it. Exactly. And that's, that's part of creating that sustainable practice. Okay, so you hate doing laundry. So what can you add to that? Should we just start every podcast episode with have you and done your laundry? Tour are you doing while you listen to today's episode? Kind of love I mean, I just feel like we should. If you feel it would help you, no pressure, not obvious. Yes. <laughs> we would love to support your executive functioning journey. Absolutely. Um, if you really struggle with rest, we encourage you to take this opportunity to rest while listening. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And then they'll use their hypnotic voices. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, if, if 100%, y'all have my permission to, to listen to this, doing whatever you need to do to, to keep right. yourself going. Add judgment free zone. And I, word things that this is one thing that I've also started saying to people because I use that term deep presence all the time, right? But mm-hmm. I know that probably doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't hit the same way as it does for me. I think of it right. as like being in relationship, deeply present. It's not about me. It's not about my environment. It's about like the blend of the oneness. And that feels great to me. But like, if that doesn't feel good to you, like pick your own words for it. I don't care what you call it. Because it's not about using my language. It's about using your language that helps you. Right. 
There's lots of ways to explore it. Um, one of my mentors, Kate Northrup, um, author of the book, Do Less, I learned cyclical practices from her and how to shift from that. Um, I'm still learning, let me correct myself. <laughs> um, uh, you know, how to shift from that hustle culture that we've been talking about um, to syncing up with our natural rhythms, whether it's your hormonal cycle, whether that's the cycle of the moon, whether it's the seasonal cycles, there's so many options of places to start getting back in that natural rhythm that works for you and your lifestyle to support you in a way that humans are biologically meant to operate. That natural rhythm, like is that that language is so important because Mm -hmm. we were just talking before this too, like my ancestors are Sami, which is like tribal, um, like, and so they also were nomadic. And like, it's not that far away from where I am now. So genetically, that's probably why I have such a hard time with things that aren't that cyclical timeline, that linear timeline. They didn't use time. Like it wasn't a thing. Like, I don't, I think they still don't. But like, at some point, all of us, all of our ancestors were there, right? Mm-hmm. Some much further back, right? But that's like, time is a construct and... Like Jay Rob and I were talking about the other day. I was about to say, oh God, um, are we going into this? Even, <laughs> it's not even a thing. Like yeah. that linear time, like linear time is just like a way to view it. Like it's not even an accurate representation of time. So it's hilarious that people say to me all the time that like I am time blind and have no concept of time. Like I am more aligned with the real reality of time than like you'll ever even begin to understand even if you wanted to. Yeah. Like to the people that say that to me, not to, not to you guys, but like <laughs> time is a construct and like, it's fairly new, like credit scores, those started in 1989. Like the things that rule our lives and crush our souls are like in their Pretty new. Yeah. Like, new. And we're made to think that this is the way that it's always been. But and it'll like, always be, but it won't go back yeah. to like 1500 and ask someone what time it is and they'll look at you weird and point at the I sun <laughs> and like what do you mean what time is it it's uh, midday Ooh, check the sundial yeah like, <laughs> look up. i didn't mean like i meant i was gonna google when time started <laughs> oh, that, you might get some weird answers for that one yeah but we are so beholden to this system that is a construct and this conversation we had bled over with me and my partner and like time our our clocks and watches and our obsession with all of that that's that's all a construct time was created to organize a day and that's not how we did things for most of our history we were naturally in a rhythm of the world around us And so often we try to become into a rhythm of the clock of making Mm -hmm. sure that our rhythm adheres to that timepiece. So what'd you find? Okay. I just got excited and didn't know when to interject, but um, go for it. So also it says it references the 1800s and it just made me think of you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This specific question says, 
how did they tell time in the 1800s? And it says, in the 1800s, the three main sources of determining time were the clock at the center of your town, the railroads and the sun, but it would not be uncommon for all three to tell you different times. <laughs> so in the 1800s even, which was like not that long ago, time was a loose concept still. It would be like early afternoon, I'll see you somewhere. <laughs> and it's like- High noon. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like a span of like loosely an hour or two, right? Like yeah. if we, that's how I function. Like I do best with that. Like we all meet that way too. Like I'll roughly be there. Like we'll do yeah. our best. Yeah. And that's my ADD brain is now filled with all the songs that contain the word time. Just right now, this is what's happening up here. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. This morning, my brain woke up to singing that song that we learned in school that's not even accurate anymore about the oceans, the Atlantic, Pacific, the Arctic. Oh, yeah. But there's yeah. five oceans now. I don't know if you guys knew that. There's five oceans now. They've changed. They've changed their minds. Just like, like the planet. There isn't, there isn't new water. It's reorganized. New new names for different it's areas. Stable. It's just... like is Pluto still a planet? Are eggs well, still bad Well, wait a minute though. <laughs> the the oceans are different because well, ice is melting. Well, yeah. Yeah. And erosion. Right. And but, so there's the... more of each ocean, but like there isn't suddenly a whole continent that sunk all at once that created a new. But that would just link two oceans together anyway. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know how what the committee is they use for naming <laughs> the oceans and frankly that's Yeah, you think that we could put those great minds to use on like sustainability. <laughs> I, I like to imagine there's a group of like thirty scientists in a room somewhere just having intense arguments over how many oceans there are in the world. And who the, gets to be named the, who what the next ocean needs to be named after? Like yeah. no, it's me. <laughs> Yeah, I get it's my last name. <laughs> but so we we talk a lot about like environmental, personal sustainability, and how how those things really pretty much connect. I know many people who are trying to be environmentally conscious that that practice just doesn't work out. You, you are struggling in your life to attempt to to maintain the standard, usually because the, we want all of this change to come at one time. And I'm sure mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys see it a lot of your clients. I see it in some of mine. People want people just want to be different. They want to change. They want their life to be totally different and mm -hmm. how they want it to be. And that's wonderful because you have created a vision for your life that you want. And that's, that's good. That's the first step is to truly see who you want to be. But to try to be that person to live that life in a week, is that sustainable? Did you truly change? Everything you have to set a foundation for yourself, you right? You have to create a foundation. You have to build so, from that foundation. An imagery metaphor that I just that instantly came to my mind was thinking about like a rock in a river right how long it takes to wear it down so it's smooth and even if you expedite that process right like we have a rock tumbler there's still four or five stages that you have to change the grit in between yep. and mm -hmm. like it still takes like two weeks mm -hmm. you know what I mean like right. 
fast route. Yeah. You can change your mind in an instant. You Absolutely. can reframe something in an instant, but you still have to use repetition to create new neural pathways it to keep you there. A habit. It must be yeah, and you have to make physical changes in your environment to support you, to give you that foundation, right? So it, yeah, it is, one part of it is instantaneous. Like yes. you can change. The choice is instantaneous. Yes. The decision is instantaneous. To take action. That's yeah. what but it we is. have to put all the supports in place takes time. But like, for an example, let's say you want to, to go green, you make that decision. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to go immediately replace every system you have with the green alternative and then struggle to create a, a new routine, a new habit, right. a new world? Or, or do, do a lot of research and then yeah. panic. And then never take any action because you're overwhelmed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not yes. black and white, right? Like you're like, oh, wait, hold on. When I recycle, only well, like 12% of it is actually being used. And then they throw the rest in the trash. And the recycling right. center is like way far away from me. So maybe it's like, what can I recycle? It's going to have the biggest impact. Instead. Well, y'all, you know, we keep talking about this on a personal level, but what about community we haven't yeah. talked about sustainability on a community level that's, that's a and and in, in the united states at least in our society that you know the yeah, com you, community you has talk, been eroded you want to talk about unsustainable like right but if well, we really want to make a difference in like ecological sustainability and supporting individuals in their own sustainability like the community, community. structure yeah. needs to be rebuilt and in a sustainable way yes absolutely. to support a sustainable community so we can support one another so we can make bigger things happen and that's when we are talking global, about you know on a, a real impact planet level yeah. there are some fantastic things though that i will say i don't know how like how and where this is i know we're all in different places but like um here i mean also in vermont i mean it's community orientated a little differently i like i live in a shire town but <laughs> that's what it's called because I'm a hobbit. But um, <laughs> so we have these, and I think it's like a bigger thing on Facebook too, but um, where it's the like buy nothing groups where like you just post the things that you want to get rid of and people are like, I need that or they can request mm. it. Oh, I have that in my garage. I just haven't gotten around to it. And then you just like stick it on your porch and they come and take it. Oh, like we have a free cycle Facebook group for my city. It's kind of so like that's that. similar. Be in a free cycle group. And I feel like this is actually more efficient. I don't know the way that they go about it, but um, mm. also it could honestly just be the same thing. But like a lot of, I think a lot of communities have those and it's a really great way to build community because like mm -hmm. I've ended up picking up or dropping off things at the same place more than once. And like, then you're like, Oh, hey, <laughs> like you know, it builds like relationships with in a way that you may not otherwise have time to. And it's like sustainable towards your wallet and the environment and all of these things at the same time. But it also works in your life because you literally just drive by and grab it from their porch. Like you don't have to do this whole thing. So I think the pandemic really got a lot of us out of touch with 
with those aspects of community, you know, and now we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we come back? How do we, in a new, better, better than before. You know, we also have this program called Everyone Eats where um, the government, there's like a grant for the state government where they buy pre like from local community owned restaurants and eateries they'll buy x amount of meals and then anybody like that in vermont it's a thing like you don't have to prove income for this stuff um i know in most states like in new hampshire you have mm -hmm. to literally like have your tax return Ugh. and like freaking thumbprint i don't know it's Means ridiculous testing it's is like, the devil <laughs> so but in vermont it's just like we just like are going to trust you to do what you need yeah, no and, one should go without food. Right. Like you shouldn't yeah. have to prove that you need to eat. That's yeah. That's so the you thing. just at these specific times, you just like drive through, and it's literally like food from all the best restaurants around town. That's beautiful. And that's awesome. The the restaurants, so they don't struggle to stay open this as much, right? Mm -hmm. and it funds those restaurants and it feeds people, and it's just like this really creative way to navigate it. That isn't like just that. like government stipend food that tastes like cardboard and actually doesn't help anything locally in your community. That's a really good idea. It supports the yeah, local Yeah, it connects people to the community. community. It gives mm -hmm. people dignity and it, yeah, it's right. beautiful. Yeah. And you get to try food that you might not necessarily try. And like, right. then like in the future, you're like, oh wait, let's go to that restaurant, you know? And yeah. who knows what, what connections will be made between those people that never would have been connected before the, the you know, these new, um, customers and these businesses and the people working there, you know, who knows what it can lead to. Yeah, that's fantastic. Right. And that's, that's an excellent example of creating sustainable practice in the community, because ultimately that, that whole idea, that whole practice started with one person going, Hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. And then following that, let's create this grant the yeah. rest of the way. Right. How sustainable can we make this grant, right? Yeah. We have to make this grant. Mm -hmm. We have the money to make this grant. COVID happened. We have the money. We have to feed people in a certain way. Now, how can we Where else it? is our community suffering? Local businesses. Yeah. Impact, right? And that's the thing. Like, most states are doing a food thing during COVID or did, even if it's just, like, one weird shitty box of something and you have to wait 16 hours for it. <laughs> like, not all states, but most states. Um but like and and like it's only available in like certain cities and like barely anybody has actual access to most of these things but like like they could have done it in a way that was more sustainable they just didn't because they were going through the motions for the image not for the result so it's mm -hmm. all about being that result orientated like how can i actually do this in a functional way well in so we mentioned the, the sustainability in community. And so for our audience, for, for the people that connected with that, and that seemed interesting to them, what are some ways you guys think brainstorming that you can mm -hmm. create a one, a community to begin with, because more than likely, if you're listening, there's not much of one where you are just statistically, but and and how can you how can you do it and it's so just... right i think we have to start with what does your community need in terms of sustainability 
Yep. What do the members of the community need in their own personal sustainability? You're obviously not going to start a, a community garden if you live in the middle of a, a highly industrialized urban area. That's well, I mean, you, you can container garden, but you're Maybe. not going to start that garden without first finding out if people know how to cook yep. with fresh foods. Yep. Like then you also have to think like, can we do a cooking class? Can exactly. we do communal cooking together? Can we make we... a little recipe book of some sort. Even? Right. Yes. I actually ran a community garden at the YMCA oh, that's awesome. for a few years. Um, and the cool thing about it was, is so we had several beds, right? And mm -hmm. some of them were used by the preschool that I also taught at. Um, but some of them were used by this group of like, a, it was like a PTSD group that was like doing things for ther therapeutic value, right? Awesome. So they had a couple beds. And then because I was running this program, I got to know, and then there was a couple that were just like shared community, whoever wanted to be part of it once. Um, and like whatever was excess would get put in these baskets and put at the front desk, right? Um, which was great. But like, I got to know these different groups that I didn't even know existed in the community because of that. So like, mm. there are so many ways to do that. And it doesn't take much space to do something like that with a race, but look at New York City during like Rift the Great Tops. Depression. Yep. Yeah, yep. well, during the Great Depression, they had, that's where the, what was it? Uh, Revolution gar Victory the Gardens. Victory Gardens. Yeah. yeah. Victory, Victory Gardens. Gardens. Like they're yep. making a comeback now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's just the little things you can do. And just, well, you, that was an excellent thing. What, what does your community need? Take a look mm -hmm. around. And what, most importantly, what is that, what does the community mean to you? What, what is that community? I mean, it's mm. a, it's a Or what do you want it to be if you don't have one yet? Like, well, kind of what I was meeting is like, for example, in a rural area, I, mm -hmm. I know what my community is because there's a thousand of us. That's, that's, <laughs> we're all right there. But let's say you live in a place like Chicago, your community might be the floor of your building. It mm. might be your building. It might be That's just a really this good section. Like, yes. We don't all live in areas that that we can just all band together. Where where do you start that community? And it might What's just sustainable start... to define it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it might just start with the floor of their building and then move to a couple floors and that's that's how this starts and it goes back to the stressing that no step is too small even right. if it's just you and a couple of your neighbors getting together to do things that's yeah. fine that's that's going to create that momentum that, that what's the one first easiest smallest thing exactly that you I, can do in this moment I ask that of all of my clients every time when they have a problem because we right. want to look at this huge issue. Like, let's look at the right. environment. It is this huge, looming It's so issue. overwhelming. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And I have clients talk to me about it all the time, about how much anxiety it gives them. But it, and, and we don't feel like we can do anything in the face mm -hmm. of this. But you can't nothing because yeah. we, we tell ourselves that it doesn't matter if i do this it's too small it's too insignificant the corporate but it's a ripple effect good. exactly it's something it's some small positive change 
And if mm-hmm. everyone in the world got together and made one tiny little positive change, mm-hmm. that'd be a massive change. And, and think about what little change would bring you the most joy in this moment. And then doing the ones that are joyful too, because that's more sustainable, right? And that's something I'm trying to learn talk to about. embrace that, like being that's, led by what lights you up. But mm-hmm. what brings you joy and happiness, mm-hmm. that's absolutely part of sustainability that we oh. haven't talked about yet. And that's is, contagious. That's, you know, talk absolutely. about ripple effect. I also want to address, um, if you're in a community that you have a, a un, unjoyful, like unhealthy association with, right? Yeah. Like you'd be amazed at how close by a community that might be perfect for you is. Mm-hmm. Like my hometown is 30 minutes from where I consider actually home. That's Mm -hmm. it, right? And I'm in like rural New England. Mm -hmm. So like, I know that that is, I had no interest in creating community there or being part of it because it had too many negative associations for me. And you might not be able to move right now. You might not be able to, but like, how can you still engage in that seeking a community for future right like it doesn't have to be where you live it does not look at us we're we're all talking today from different parts of the world and some of my closest community most of my closest community are hundreds of miles from me and that merits stressing because Mm -hmm. there's people out there let's say like someone highly alternative in a rural area somebody very rural in an urban area. Alternative. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, I figure that's a good call. But I, as someone living in a rural area, that I, I is I that what they call people? No, worse. That's that's the <laughs> that's the very uh, safe word for it. But so let's say you don't have anyone, you can't connect with anyone. Online is still a community. If you need to right. reach out, it doesn't matter if all of your friends are in Finland. It's fine. All of my like partner's friends are in New Zealand. Like you have a bunch of friends in Russia. I mean, you're yeah. not close to them right now. It's a little difficult. But uh, for, for the purposes of discussion, no, I am not speaking with any Russians at this moment. <laughs> Spasiba. <laughs> um, I also at the beginning of COVID, when I first started doing, like, I took a life coaching course and stuff um, at like very early, even before like school were out and stuff. I made a really close friend that I'm still friends with and check in on regularly that lives in Delhi, India. Like that's awesome. It's yeah. we've, we've been friends for multiple years and like we know tons about each other. Like our time zones aren't even like sensical and we somehow still find time to connect mostly because I think he doesn't sleep much, but um, you know, like it doesn't, It's just like also community, there's this balance between, right? Finding community that you can connect with because you have enough in common, but also stretching yourself a little bit and like open-mindedness. Like they don't all have to be exactly like you. You can also have different opinions about things that are controversial even maybe, Mm -hmm. right? It just has to be a unifying cause. That's all. Right. 
we can all fun. look after our neighbors, even if we don't have the same politics. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who is? It's like, for it's instance, sometimes, sometimes, I mean, I can have a conversation about things in a different way, I think, sometimes, and most people can, like, like get triggered by, right? Like, if, it, if it's so different. But I've realized that there are certain topics that I feel firmly about that once I actually have a conversation with somebody with the opposite identifying label, we have right. the same fucking opinion. We just frame it differently. Yeah, like, I've experienced that as well. You won't know because there's this us versus them mentality, right? Like you don't even know if you're just doing it based off of the label they identify with online. Like you don't actually know. Absolutely. No, 100%. And it's that, that alone is part of that community because you can't be in a community of people that you don't talk to. So get mm -hmm. to know people. You'd be surprised. Yeah. People have a weird tendency of being people and being very yeah. relatable. And I've, it never ceases to fascinate me talking to people from across the world, coming from wildly different cultures. And yeah, just having that reinforced that the human experience is pretty much the same. Like, it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you come from, what your culture is. The process of being human, of, right. of going about your life, is the exact same for basically, for all intents, everywhere. It doesn't matter. Everyone in the world has similar concerns, struggles, mm -hmm. worries, mm -hmm. loves. And yes, there are places in the world that are different. There are places in the world that are bad. But it doesn't matter because it's all people and we have a bad tendency in this country or as as people i don't know which one it is to for example you mentioned russia we're told right now in the media to view russians as a bad evil people some of the most beautiful kind people i know are Russian. right you and can't judge a whole nation based on their leader. You cannot right. on their leader, on their government, because I've got right. some weird news for everyone. Listening. Or the controlling religion at the time. The, you can't judge. Because if to, to, to do that, people. you have to realize where you're standing because we're standing in America right now and we can't point fingers like, like that. We cannot expect someone to view us as a person. Because you're you ended up where you are. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like I, you could get into like past lives and stuff and all of that. Great, but like in this life right now, if you're somewhere that is fortunate, even if it's like deep south that has mm -hmm. different beliefs than you or whatever, right? Like you could have been born on the opposite side of the border, just a little further south, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. be like trying to flee the country from a cartel right now like mm -hmm. but in the same token obviously also empathize for yourself mm -hmm. because that doesn't make your struggles not hard right it's yeah. this balance of like zooming out and then zooming back in and then zo like it's going back and forth to stay in balance and sustainable you, you should acknowledge right? and learn about the plight of others but you should not let that learning make you judge yourself right like shaming yourself for your privilege versus yes. learning how to support yourself and be sustainable so that you can then have something to share mm -hmm. and better the world 
for causes that are important to you, right? Yeah. 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 Creating sustainable behavior and views. It's and it's like also too, something that I've learned is there's like a thousand different things that I could be very passionate about, right? Like causes and organizations, but like, it's not sustainable for me to pour my heart into every single one. So it's also mm -hmm. recognizing that like, we tend to choose one or two things because that's all that's sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we don't care about just because I tend to focus on neurodivergent stuff doesn't mean that I don't care about animal welfare or mm -hmm. like, like I have all of these things, right? Like we all are complex and like multidimensional, but we only have so much space. So we have to like pick and choose, right? Mm -hmm. And well, and that goes to like the seasons of life that you mentioned earlier too. There may be a season of life in which you um, indulge your passion for one thing and then the next season of life you switch gears into putting your energies behind another cause or learning a new practice no, and absolutely. and that's okay yeah. that's that's the thing it's no matter what you're doing with that it's okay just because it mm -hmm. doesn't fit the the way that society expects you to do it it's fine because and hey if you are a person who multitasking comes naturally to you and you're multi-passionate and you want to do all the things at once and that is sustainable for you Absolutely. then do that too yeah <laughs> like we're yeah. all different don't let somebody tell you oh you're too all over the place which right. is right. what somebody would tell that person when that you have know. to pick one thing and stick to I it that is just not useful for everyone yeah i was that's... that person and because everybody kept telling me that i kept not doing it, right? Because mm -hmm. I also am defiant. But as soon as I was able to step outside of that and block those people out and do it for the right reasons, I realized like, I can't sustainably do everything. <laughs> but <laughs> I figured out what my levels actually authentically were, because I was listening to myself and what I need, not what other people kept telling me I needed. Yes. And yeah. that's so, a big thing. And there's a lot of contentment and happiness found with me personally in doing that and recognizing that nah, I don't like doing things the way that society expects me to do them that I would much rather do these things at my pace my way and I've never been happier and I've never been more productive as well the second I stopped trying to fit into the expectations that were were taught to me just by by growing up where I did that that caused really a lot of struggle for me for for my entire life like for an example I I do not have a very large amount of availability professionally my clients know you get three days a week that that you can schedule with me that's not to say I'm not doing anything for those other four days but that is that is the amount of time that I have determined that I can be 100% present for those that need me. Could I work okay. five, six, seven days a week? Yeah, I have before, but that's going yeah. to make the availability I have of myself less. That is not sustainable, but I have looked at my work schedule and I have determined what is sustainable for the quality mm -hmm. that I need to provide to other people. 
and that number may shrink that number may grow but it, it it's determining what i can sustain and right it's again it's your situation not everyone is in that position not everyone like i said it's it could right. be your job doesn't allow you that freedom your community whatever but how you. can i've been thinking how can um people who who are not self-employed that don't have the same flexibility mm -hmm. as someone who's self-employed how can they start well, to adjust and create that sustainability for themselves within the structure of their employment there Everyone is a very powerful option happening right now though everywhere is desperate for employees so yeah. you have some leverage which means potentially looking for other positions in other places where they are more agreeable right now because you have more leverage because they are so desperate mm -hmm. that you can say here are my boundaries mm -hmm. and more of them are likely to do that like I'm only open to working this many hours right now. And they're like, yeah, that's better than not having somebody for those that's hours. Than nothing. You're going to find, yeah. right? And yep. also really assess, like, where are the things that will make the biggest impact for me? Right. And what positions, what type of environment is going to make that, like, it's going to match up with my needs. Mm -hmm. And, like, now's the perfect time to do it. Right. And let's say you're in a yeah. position that you have to work two or three jobs. And I know, unfortunately, especially now, there are people that do that. Mm -hmm. Find since you cannot currently make your practice sustainable, but how can you make it more sustainable? How can that's you make it. it easier? Yes. And that's head, towards, is not that. your head towards it. Take that small step. And even if that small step is you have 15 minutes in a day that you don't have to do anything, that you just sit. Or that you silence. do a self-hypnosis oh, or you, you check in with yourself and you ask yourself, what does you. my body need in this moment? You can find mm -hmm. some small amount of time to simply assess needs. your needs, your personal needs. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I recognize that there are some people out there that have to work an extraordinary amount. And if you're listening and you're one of those people, you're doing awesome and yes keep it up but don't let yourself get completely burned out do something to acknowledge that you yourself need need to be refueled you need to recharge your battery and that's fine that's okay you're you're already doing more than anyone could ever ever expect so and I think so often people are afraid to ask for help and that's mm -hmm. where community comes back in like absolutely and we're also afraid of cutting things out like mm -hmm. that's something I, I felt like I had to do it all and be it all and have it all but yeah. as soon as I was like like a lot of us noticed during the pandemic right that we all were forced to slow down and we realized what slowing down actually felt like and I find most people felt pretty good about a lot what, of it. what happened during the pandemic all of a sudden everyone found up? their passion everyone right. found okay. a hobby and that they love yeah. well not everyone we did no, have no. essential workers still well, yes you know Absolutely. in the thick of it and working harder than ever so we have to Absolutely. acknowledge and oh, you know, right. give our gratitude to yeah. all of those people no, if, you, if and... you work through the pandemic you got stories yeah to tell your i grand. did it's good job so. Yeesh. 
Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's substantial, and I I can't imagine the the what people have endured over this past two years, and mm -hmm. if if you haven't taken the moment now to to congratulate yourself on on making it through everything not yes. that the pandemic's like fully over or anything but we're on the other side of something but if you're here you get to celebrate you've being it. here you've made <laughs> making it this far right not, so a lot of people didn't make it and you're here so well, give yourself that's that the thing. congratulations you've made it this far in your life like that's a realization i had because i had a really rough childhood and mm -hmm just beyond and I realized I was carrying that with me and I just realized one day like shit <laughs> like I've made it this far mm -hmm. I can make it further and keep going as long as I just keep moving forward that's right it's just like the steps and and even if you were so to go back to that topic like right like in contrast to the people that slowed down by force people sped up by force mm -hmm. and either way things were either drastically increased or decreased for you energy wise. Mm -hmm. And that still brought to light, right? The sustainability of their function, right? Either yes. you were maxed out beyond belief or you suddenly had all this time that you had to figure out what to do with. And the thing is with that is like, you realize like suddenly either extreme makes you realize like, what could I cut out when I get back to balance? And it's really figuring that out. Like we have so many things now that you are required, required to have <laughs> to be part of this like American, like modern society, right? All the social media, all the this in your face constantly, but you don't need it. Mm -hmm. You've been told you need it, but you, you or things you're supposed to do mm -hmm. also the things you're supposed to have and the things you're supposed to do. And they're just made up. That's, arbitrary like. that's that's really a good a good message to to end the episode with is all of these these standards and preconceptions that you're holding is to yourself to time included that's just made up what's all real for you what is real what for do you? what do you need what supports yeah. you yeah and don't don't base it off of society unless that's what you need and and figure out what do you need what is sustainable for you what can and listen to your own yeah inner to yourself gut your yeah. highest self yeah. your instincts your what your body needs what your mind needs listen absolutely. to your own authority it, absolutely it's cause and effect a lot of it too right like it's experimental you may oh, not everything know, is experimental. but then the first yeah. step is to try right yeah. mm -hmm. like yep. what, it's not an like, experiment you unless you actually go through with it <laughs> but like maybe you take it off of your home screen on your phone for a while mm -hmm. you don't have mm -hmm. to delete the account but Small like steps then you turn off notifications mm -hmm. right yep. Yep. it's just like these little things you can do to experiment without like diving into a whole new lifestyle overnight <laughs> I mean, in a and good if you small, feel like you have to do all the chores for all the moms out there or the parents out there, the people who are like really overwhelmed right now with multiple jobs or whatever the case, like maybe you experiment with removing one that doesn't actually impact your daily life. Mm -hmm. Like, will yeah. you be okay if the windows aren't clean? Yeah. You know? Play, play around I mean, with it. Experiment. That's the big thine. thing. I don't know. <laughs> 
no, I don't, I don't do windows. Mine are all smudgy because my dogs just like rub themselves on it. Eesh, nice. I did it. Yeah. It's an example, you know. There's so many things that we there's, think exactly. we have to do. But you you don't have to do. Well, I mean, say you don't have to do anything, but there's things you have to do. I, I pay your taxes. They don't like it when you don't do that. Um, doing your dishes the world is not going to end if you don't no. make sure that your sink is empty every day right yeah. my right. thing is like did i do the oldest dishes today move the ones from the back to the front right. <laughs> away. And that's, away. And that's the thing if it's not important tomorrow? Those first. Yeah. You, you, everyone listening has my permission <laughs> to blow off the dishes for tonight. Like, it's not procrastinating. It's, it's yeah. There's the difference between procrastination because you're kind of frozen in an paralysis or you just can't get yourself to do it and doing a little bit, mm -hmm. right? And it's going to feel a thousand times better to just like give yourself permission to do three dishes. Like, experiment three forks instead of nothing exactly because if you're in procrastination mode and you're frozen you're doing nothing so you might as well give yourself permission to not do things mm -hmm. outside of the bare like just trying just if you're if you're trying to read more read a page or a paragraph a day just small yeah. little things right. and that's where that sustainable practice comes in not in dumping yourself 100% into everything that you're doing mm -hmm. into creating a sustainable progressive practice to be able to to become who you want to be right ultimately. build towards the person that you want to be rather than yeah. shame yeah. yourself constantly for not being that yes. person already. yes and yeah. let go of the shame and give yourself grace like the self-talk while doing the things is so important yeah congratulate like, yourself if do you, if the you thing do... and then celebrate yeah, and you, I mean, might you do already, three forks, celebrate. You might already be that person and you just won't let yourself accept that you're that person because you're not enough of that person. Like, I know I've done that where I'm like, then I realized I, all these people I like looked up to, like when my best friend actually, like before we were best friends, right? I thought she was like, I still think she's amazing and perfect. But like, <laughs> I was like, she's too cool for me because she's too good at life. But then I realized, like, <laughs> she's also a human being. And, like, these people that I put on a pedestal and I idolize oftentimes are closer to who I am than I realize, right? Yeah. Like, you don't realize all of their imperfections and all We're of their, all like, human. what's behind the curtain? Because we, you're not seeing that, right? But you see what's behind your curtain. All and human. so you're not comparing the same yeah. thing. Right, we've forgotten what human is. Yeah, we we've we put people what, on pedestals and below us, and we've all forgotten what being this that animal is. We're we're all the same creature, all the same. Doesn't matter how much made up money you have. Doesn't matter how much of anything you have. You're the exact same. You're the exact and, same as every other human on the planet. Well, how also, can we rewild ourselves a little bit for our own oh, sustainability? Yeah. And remembering, there's going to be seasons like like this one where suddenly you're like having a hard time doing things that you normally can do this my third it took 
my third pregnancy, my first one was 11, over 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago. Okay. And finally at this pregnancy, I figured out how to like have reasonable expectations of myself and set myself up for success. Yeah. Like, oh, I, what if I am put on like bed rest? Well, I can still do what I need to do right now. Mm -hmm. I still won't feel like shit. Well, I'll feel like Mm -hmm. shit, but like, it won't be something I can do something about, right? I won't just feel anxious because my house is a mess, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because I've done the work to set myself up to be in a position where I can actually take care of myself postpartum. Like I can nurture myself and love myself. And you know what? If I do that, I know I'm going to be back on my feet sooner. That's the thing. That's the long game here is if you take care of yourself and are living a sustainable life, you're going to get to more than you would if you're just pressuring and shaming and diving in headfirst and trying to fix it all at once. Yep. It's That's what I did for the first, like, after my daughter was born, the first, like, five, ten years even, right? Like, it's only in the past, like, handful of years that I've finally realized that, like, I was just running in place. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting anywhere. No, no change was happening. I was on a hamster wheel mm-hmm. of trying right. to fix myself when I wasn't necessarily broken. I just wasn't mm-hmm. living in alignment with what works for me. Absolutely. And that's, I guess that's the good moral to wrap the episode with. Yeah. Live in alignment with what is right for you. Yes. So, uh, yeah. One little gonna, step at a time. One little step. So, yeah. I think we're going to call this one an episode. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. Hope you got your laundry or your dishes done while you're listening. Or, <laughs> or rested. Do, or didn't do anything <laughs> while you're listening. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you very much. Remember, once again, to like the video, subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on social media, all of that good stuff. And if you ever want to, to ask us about anything we've talked about, Click on the link below, go to the website, and you can reach out to any of us individually or to the podcast as a whole at hypnodivergence at gmail.com. But again, I have been J. Robert Parker, Jess and Molly. We are the Hypnodivergence podcast, and we will talk to you next time. See you. Bye.